It's Wednesday, January 19th, and you're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you the delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. And we have uh, we have Zook on here with us. Uh, I don't know how much he's, he's looking to participate, but he is here listening, can chime in whenever he wants. How's it going, fellas? So good. Doing well. So Doing well. good. And, and, and Zook sounds good, too. We, uh, we went through some audio options before we, before we rolled into this one. And uh, let's see. We do have some news. It'll probably be another Aaron's out today. shorter show today. Yeah, Aaron is uh, is out today. But I want to start with... Oh, wait. Aaron is out today doing for surgery. He's, he's, uh, he's getting, under the knife. That's right. That's right. He's getting his shoulder or something. I don't know. He went to dunk on someone, and uh, the dude didn't like that, so he took him out. He still dunked on him, but uh, he, yeah, he ended up having to have surgery. So I guess they dunked on each other in some respect. <laughs> uh, let's, let's start <laughs> with some of... That's right. It's hard to walk away unscathed whenever you're playing with people who don't know how to play. Trust me, I've, I've been there I've, I've been there for similar reasons. This day is yesterday into tech history. Uh, there's a couple interesting things here. I'm going to start with one that seems uh, the most appropriate. So we have uh, January 18th. So this is, this is yesterday. Yahoo.com is registered. The domain yahoo.com is registered. Previously, oh, the website geez. was called David and Jerry's Guide to the World Wide Web. I did not know. Wow. Well, <laughs> uh, holy uh, cow. Oh, yahoo.com. Yeah, yahoo.com. So, what year? January 18th. So, man, I remember the commercials in the 90s, which makes me want to say like really early 90s. I'm gonna, I was going to say 93. <sighs> I I think I'm going to say 91. 91 and 93. But I feel like part of me says that it's late 80s, too, because if I heard about it in the 90s, then then they they may have registered earlier and actually got their crap together. But um, I already made my guess. Otherwise, I was going to say 88. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's go with 95, but uh, it was pretty close. Wow. Um, Zook's always good at these. Yeah, yeah, pretty close. Yeah, 95, 95. was the time. Gosh, I mean, yep, I guess 100%. I guess that makes sense, too, though, because I wouldn't really have remembered much from ads, especially about the Internet until the late 90s. So I was just kind of projecting back and trying to think, like, how long would it take them to really get their stuff together? And apparently not long. I guess that makes sense with URLs. So whatever. Cool. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was the most interesting one. There were, there were a couple other ones, like uh, like some really big planes, um, some planes landing on some uh, some ships and stuff. Uh, but I think we're just gonna go ahead and move on to some of the news. Uh, anyone got one you wanna you wanna start with? I have to I have to go on mute for just a moment while we oh. while we start this next one. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a fake a false start because I misread something. I know nothing about this, though it would be interesting to talk about. Opera unveils a crypto browser project. So they've got a beta browser crypto for Windows, browser. Mac, and Android. Yeah, and it's got a, a wallet integrated, which is something we've talked about on the channel a good time. But the snafu was, I read that as Oprah unveils a crypto browser project. And <laughs> I kind of dropped my jaw a little bit. Like, whoa. Not only is she getting into the crypto space hot and heavy, so but she's doing better. it with her own browser. Like what? And then I reread it, and of course, Opera. That is not shocking. That that's actually that just makes sense. So just so <laughs> much really better. Yeah. Yes. No. So so when I read that uh, that title, I I was shocked, and now I'm actually just interested because 
that is really interesting, actually. Um, they're they're saying it's supposed to provide easy access to uh, NFT exchanges, um, decentralized apps, as well as other stuff. So it really is sort of uh, Web three optimized, I, I guess. And I don't know. They say that I said that, but um, uh, I'm I'm very uh, actually interested to see what that looks like for for pickup because um, one of the one of the things that's been criticized a lot in the crypto community is um, I, I guess that this sprawl of wallets that are non-custodial. So a custodial wallet, something like Coinbase, when you order or purchase crypto on Coinbase, the wallet that your crypto is in is their wallet. It's a custodial wallet that's got a little marker that says, hey, this belongs to you. But there's a, a common saying in the crypto space, not your wallet, not your coins. And um, you'll, you'll find with um, exchanges that uh, under certain circumstances, they will lock withdrawals or lock the ability to purchase. Now, they could lock the ability to purchase anyways because that's an on-ramp, uh, usually fiat to crypto. But um, there are other ways to store cryptocurrencies, and they are most commonly referred to as wallets, whether they are literal paper wallets. So you just have a, you know, a, a, a captured um uh, location on the chain in those cases, and then you've you've written down what you need to actually memorize it. Um, and then, of course, they've got hardware wallets, stuff like ledgers, things like that. But then, lots of crypto uh, projects have their own wallets dedicated to the particular L1, L2 cryptocurrencies, and so that's where the sprawl comes in. There are thousands of wallets at this point. Um, and they do require at least some minimal effort, maybe even more than that, uh, in certain cases to work for different cryptocurrencies. So I'm really interested to see what a non-custodial wallet that is baked into an Opera browser really looks like and what cryptocurrencies it will support. Because um, that could actually be a pretty cool way to sort of, well, popularize crypto wallets uh, that are not an exchange for all the well, it's, it's, it, you know, Oprah, it's, it's kind of cool. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I do wish Oprah would have done it because I think that would have, uh, <laughs> that probably would have helped too. If it's all about you adoption. Know, you, so I've, I will tell you, so I, I use a hardware wallet, something mm -hmm. which I told Tyler at one point in time, I would never do. Um, yeah. Think, I, think I, remember that. I think Tyler's exact response to that was why. And I'll tell you why, because I'll never trust a hardware wallet and I still don't. So I'm pretty convinced I have a very significant amount of money sitting in a thing that I cannot <laughs> physically access. So I, at least once a month, I think to that hardware wallet and I say to myself, I'm like, okay, I mean, that money's just gone forever. So that is, I literally say that to myself That's out so of, because I'm, I'm just terrified of, of what That's it, great. you know of what it means. So See, because and I, feel, and I have all my stuff, I have my secret keys and stuff sure. like that. And I keep them out in the public it's internet so other people can see them in, in case I need help. And, you know, I got all that. Just kidding. Do not do that. If someone says they can help you and they need your secret key, my God, do not do that. Uh, so, that yeah. Is, no one ever needs your just, secret key. No one ever needs your private key at all for anything. It's it it's literally not useful. It is the only thing you need a private key for is to send it. <laughs> you don't even need it to receive it. <laughs> That's all oh, they're gosh. gonna do is move it somewhere. I, I actually read a thing, I, I made the joke about GitHub 
somebody on uh, on Reddit and one of the the coin subreddits uh, actually just said, "Okay, is there any way I could get this back?" Also, at the end of the post, they just pled and said, "If if you're the one who stole my coins, would you mind just sending them back?" Because I realize <laughs> like I have zero control in this case, right? And and of course, everyone's just like, "Yeah, you're not getting those back." And they're like, "I know, but I figured I'd ask. You never know." I don't think it was a ton of uh, you know dollars worth of whatever cryptocurrency it was, but. They said they were working on a project and they, for some dumb reason, put their private key in the GitHub project. And within like 15 minutes, the wallet had been drained, which means that there are bots just trawling Git looking for private keys and pairing them up with the, you know, the, the, the public, you know, ledger part of that equation and, and just draining them. And that's crazy. Minutes. It took minutes for a bot to drain his account. And you can see right where it Ugh. went. You just don't know who owns it. <laughs> so, Man, that's just but there's just but pain. That's all I yeah. That's all I, I oh have no, there. I know, just, I know. Just don't, pain. But but this is exactly why, and we talked about this a number of episodes ago, and, and it's why I actually thought this this opera browser project is interesting. One of the problems I think cryptocurrency has as as a whole space in the adoption is it's still a little complicated for the the layperson to get something like this that isn't intended to be a speculative investment. If you actually wanted to use a cryptocurrency for transactions, to buy and trade stuff, whatever it was, just onboarding to it, getting a safe place to store that you have control over, having confidence to your comments that you're not going to lose it tomorrow, right? Like, and, and there are various ways to drive that confidence. Banks, we're sure. confident banks aren't going to lose our money. Cryptocurrency exchanges should have that high of a confidence. They don't necessarily yet, but they will over time. Um, but, but I would argue one of the big reasons people are moving to other wallets is that cryptocurrency, unlike fiat, actually has um there are functions that are defined by how you choose the way your network works you can vote by doing things with your your coins in certain ways to change how the the whole ledger functions right and when when a when your money when your coins are in a custodial wallet the custodian makes all of those decisions at scale for you and all of your right. peers in that custodial environment. And that's not necessarily good for something that is, in some cases with some projects, attempting to be decentralized. You just gave a lot of power to basically vote to a bank instead of the people. So there, there are reasons why having something off of a custodial wallet is a generally good idea. But I have, I think I have, four yeah i have four software wallets because not all cryptocurrencies play nice with my ledger my hardware wallet i have my ledger and then i do have some coins in custodial exchanges and so like i have to know the key these things and it's kind of horrifying 
<laughs> and like you, I kind of looked at it and like, well, yeah, it might be gone forever. We don't know until we try to log into it again. And you're like, God help me if my computer got fried tomorrow, digging this all up and actually recovering it would totally suck. Not to say I don't have all my my keys laying around somewhere, you know, written down, but I'm I'm right there with you. It's not it's a non-trivial problem. So I'm hopeful for projects like this with a browser that's fairly well known. Opera is not, you know, it's not Edge, it's not Chrome, but but it's pretty well known and it functions just the way you'd expect a browser to so other people could easily adopt it if they nail kind of how a wallet works and it feels safe and they find some clever ways to do recovery across systems like it, it could actually be really good for the, the the space in general but enough about that we'll go down rabbit holes all day on crypto so yeah no the uh it's so it's it's interesting i'll be interested to see if there's blowback for this just because i know that uh there's a crypto wallet you know in brave and People complain about it all the That's time, true. but yeah, I, I mm -hmm. want to move on. I want to talk about uh, Zook shared. I think Zook shared someone. Someone shared in the chat the uh, the thing about Apple and Google split with startups over antitrust bill. In particular, oh, this bill is <clears throat> is legislation that could loosen um, basically the grip that Apple and Google have over you know the way apps are, are are managed on on various systems. This is this is part of the long ongoing thing that we've talked about forever. Mm -hmm. What's interesting to me is is the statements from both companies. Um, one is revealing and one is stupid. Um, we're going to start with the stupid one. Hello, Google. Um, Google, who I hate. Um, but by the way, my Pixel 6 <laughs> running really good after the January update. So so thanks yeah. for that, you guys. Um, the uh, their Their statement was that, let's see here they would not be able to ensure the appropriate security and privacy of different users. And they were concerned about this, which first off, Google, you've never been concerned about anyone's privacy <laughs> in, in oh, your that's life. Convenient that's, new thing you think you care about. <laughs> yeah. It's just a, that's just a wonderful, it's a wonderful thing that you care about in this exact moment. Um, you know, it's just, uh, and I get it. There's a privacy tab inside of your operating system, but you're not fooling anyone. <laughs> so that's just, I'm just, you just, there's no scenario where I think you're going to convince anyone that that argument is going to hold any form of weight. Uh, so that's, that's kind of number one. Here's the revealing one for me. And that's the one from Apple, which I, I got to say, genuinely surprised me. And, and maybe I, I probably just misunderstood this the whole time. They're saying that if you sideload, then they can't hold people to their ad tracking transparency policies, which I didn't realize was not a technical really? implementation. It's just a freaking what? policy. There's no oh wonder it doesn't work it's as good as they service expected. in the market? Yes. Yes, oh, it is. Oh, get out of here. Oh, I stop. had no clue. Which, oh, I'm so sad for them right now. That's that really That upsets me. It's really I, stupid. But I don't, yeah, I don't see that as a surprise. It, it's not a huge surprise when you think about it because you look at Facebook, you look at you know the companies that have clearly been violating the app tracking transparency or ad tracking transparency, you know, for all this time. Like oh, Apple's geez. not enforcing it; they don't have a construct to enforce this by any means. They and I think that should have that's had a construct to enforce down. it, though. That's the point. Like yeah, it, yeah. With, uh, this, that, the, the. <clears throat> I'm I'm literally I'm kind of m too mad to formulate my thought right here because what what that means for something like ad tracking transparency is that it only applies to non gorillas. 
It only hurts little projects that can't afford to fight Apple on the toss side. Facebook, Meta, whatever you want to call it, they don't care. They can play that game for years and push back against Apple, which means they'll get away with not doing it. And then all these little startup projects that could maybe their entire tech is built on being able to communicate with one other third-party app, just like a clever sidecar to an application. They're literally going to get shut down because of the the app transparency stuff. That's that's or sorry, ad transparency. That sucks. That's just crappy. Yeah, no, it's. I completely agree, and it's it, it is one of those things where it's a it's a complete double standard, and I think it continues Ugh. to. I I think this entire all the drama that surrounds this in general is a giant double standard because they don't realize the effects of, well, Apple obviously doesn't realize the effects of what app tra- app tracking transparency does to the little guy, or maybe they do. And I they don't just believe don't that for a second. They don't well, care. <laughs> yeah. They, I don't, they yeah. don't care. I they care. Yeah. Um, well, but then on the flip side of that, on the flip side of that, I think there's also, there's also this mindset around, you know, side loading and the fact that, you know, if, if you're going to allow someone to sideload apps onto their own device. And, you know, I think, obviously, I think we can all agree, like, if it's your device, you can do with it what you want, period. I but, feel you know, very strongly about that, by the way. I, I think <laughs> any device like that should allow... Now, what what happens to your warranty? What happens to your ability to be supported? That's caution of the wind crap. But I it yeah. still, to this day, infuriates me that when I buy a console, a very powerful capable system that they are so locked down that the last xbox you could use for uh for a home media pc was the original xbox like get out of here I, right i mean but that's that's my question ultimately in all this and i i threw that into the chat it was daniel by the way that that originally posted this um in the tbp community but i, I think that's really my question and that was my question at the end of the day is like okay so if if we're going to go after Apple and Google and, you know, say these bills pass, are we then holding Microsoft, Nintendo, Sony to the same standards here you know, to allow companies like Epic to be able to sideload their own app stores onto these consoles or even onto, you know, these, that these iOS be, Android well, devices? So I, I can answer best that question. thing that happened forever. That'd be amazing. But see, I don't think, I don't think it happened. I can answer the question definitively. The answer is no. Uh, the answer is no, and it, it, yes. in not in this case, at least. this case will not affect them no. in that regard. And the reason for that is because they still have a physical media sale right. of their games, and they always have. They've never had only one way to do things. They never even in digital has has not until relatively recently even been a dominant way of selling or, or, or purchasing games. And so, the until they move away from the model where you can physically sell your games in another store or they could, you know, Epic could, you know, manufacture or print their own games on CDs or DVDs or Blu-rays or whatever it is we're, we're putting them on these days. And they could sell them directly from the Epic store. That's absolutely something they, they, they have the prerogative to do. And so they, it won't work that way. And so, like I said, that that will require a different form of litigation. Someone will have yeah. to go after them specifically to prove some other stuff is going on. It will not be affected by Apple and Google in in any way, shape, or form. So that that is not going to happen. What's amazing to me is with this whole thing, and I, you know, I I almost never sideload things. I will tell you on my Fire tablet, which by the way, never buy one. They're terrible. But oh, really I had to use are. one for a monitor. They're so painfully slow. They're they're the worst tablet device you could possibly have. But to buy it as like a 
a monitor solution for an, an IP based monitor for a kids works works okay. However, yeah, doesn't have all the apps. Mm-hmm. It says it doesn't have Google's App Store on it or it's Play right, Store, whatever it's called. And so, yeah. I downloaded another App Store. You know, very easily. I enabled side loading. Side loaded APK Pure, very common, very very popular. You know, secondary app market, and they had. Uh, the Nanit app that I need and it does my updates for me and all the stuff. And, uh, you know, it handles all that for me on the fire tablet because they didn't have access to that. So that's how I was able to do it. And I was interested because my brother smart, but not technical. Uh, he suggested this using that tablet because that's what they use. So that's actually why I got it. And so I, I called him after I was looking for it. I was like, Hey, <laughs> out of curiosity, did you have, did they he used to have this you know the this application on their app store and he goes oh no no i had to i had to download another app store and do yeah, that and i was like wow. have you ever done that before and he goes no <laughs> i awesome. i hadn't but it, it wasn't very hard so i was impressed that yeah. not necessarily a layman <clears throat> right i mean we're not talking about like my mom from a technology perspective but not technical i mean the guy he runs marketing for a cookie delivery company to give you an idea of what he does and before that he was yeah. in, he was a musician and in, in went to a music school like that's that's my brother that's what he does the only form of games he'll play are on a playstation he doesn't build pcs doesn't do anything like that like he's just not a technical person and he just it to him that was an obvious thing that he was able to go do so i was impressed by that from that perspective to be able to do it so the side loading has benefited me even even recently right Uh, so i'm i'm for it i i don't worry too much about the app stores in general but what i am i'm just so annoyed by the fact that I, you know, on Android, there's a lot of things you can do for privacy. There's a lot of technical implementations that you can do, like sure. localized VPN. You can use other mm-hmm. you can use other apps that will block side. I'll call it east-west traffic between other mm-hmm. apps for tracking and things like that. That's and interesting. That's not something Google's that, done. Yeah, go ahead. No, right. Well, I was going to say interestingly to that point, side loading not not unlike what happened to Apple's implementation of app transparency, right? Side loading apps that are intended to be security applications can actually make them more powerful, give them access to more things. So one of the one of the few apps I still sideload is actually AdGuard because the sideloaded sure. AdGuard implementation is is yep. better and it gets updated faster. Right. Yep. I used to use yeah, AdGuard, yeah. which which uses a localized VPN in order to do what it yeah, does. Right. And once again, that's one of the reasons why I've always liked Android is because it functions in a way that you can manipulate it or you can use a, a an app that can manipulate it in a way to do the things that you're trying to do. So if I want right. ad tracking transparency on Google, I can at a technical implementation level right. use DuckDuckGo to do that, or I can send everything through a VPN, or I can use Tor across the entire thing, or whatever it is, and it will have a technical implementation to achieve the thing. Which means it doesn't matter what the app can or can't do. That's that's correct. Your phone and your setup will prevent the app from doing that thing that you don't want it to do. 100%. That's the only way to prevent something like ad tracking and cross-app communication is to put a shim in between applications that says no. <laughs> yep. And that's that's why true privacy advocates that are insane people or Edward Snowden use things right. like Graphene OS or mm-hmm. uh, there's another one. I can't remember the name of it, but they're both Android OSs. They have technical implementations to be more private and even more secure, which Android is very secure from a just a mm-hmm. raw security perspective of the, of the operating system itself. And so that's 
that's the type of stuff that I that I like about the system. There's a lot of things I don't like about the system. Screw you, Google. You're stupid. <laughs> but that those are the thing. That's the thing is like you can dislike Google, and you can sort of manipulate yourself away from it if desired. And apparently, even my yep. brother can do that, which is uh, which is surprising to me. If I'm completely yeah, honest, sorry, I brother. Think, I love you, I but you know, a, is what it is. There's there's an interesting there's an interesting part of this though that I think we have to kind of step back and look at because you have the extremes, obviously, like the Edward Snowdens, the people that are like real staunchly privacy. Uh, you know, advocates and and they're out there, obviously utilizing um, very specific tool sets to do this. But like for your average everyday consumer, people that aren't you and I, and you know, and and the others that probably listen to the show. But like for the average everyday consumer, what should you expect from a privacy perspective? From the I'll tell you what you should expect. You should expect for for it not to be a please don't do this ask. That's what you should. Yeah. That's what you should expect. Yeah. Whenever you yeah. advertise that you go press this button and everything just goes away, it's not a button that just says, "Hey, can you please just kind of be nice to everyone?" That's that's not what I'm looking for. So that's that's what the average user should expect. In fact, I plan on inquiring about this because my yeah. mother, who is an incredibly average user, has advocated to me so much about the privacy implications of an iPhone. I'm going to go ask her about how that works. I'm going to go ask her, but when she pushes that button, what does her phone do? And I can almost guarantee you I know the answer. She's going to say, the phone prevents them from tracking me. Yeah, that, I, I think that's definitely the perception. And unfortunately, it's an incorrect perception because there I is no the intent. mechanism in place. Yeah. Well, hold on. We are, I got to ask. Bro, keep, you're kind of like my... Extent. You're kind of like my Apple aficionado, and I, and I have to go, but I, I, have to, I have to know. Did you know that? Did you know that it was a policy? Yeah, it was it was pretty clear from like the beginning of the rollout. Like it is a it is a toggle that basically says requests. And I actually think it even says it in the phone. I'm trying to see if I can find it on my phone right now. But it basically says request to apps not to track, you know, location and, and any identifiable it's information. Terrible. I don't like it. Yeah, it's just a, it's just so surprising. And it, it, for those who don't know, because you're not maybe not in the in the TBP community chat, Zook used Apple well before they were cool. He was using Apple back when they were useless pieces of hardware. <laughs> and so I, you know, I, I I holistically respect that because that's sort of yeah, me with Linux, right? Okay, like so Linux is, me... is useless in so many ways, but I still use it. So that's why so, I asked this question. So here's, here's, here's exactly the terminology they use in the settings app. So it is a toggle that actually says allow apps to request a track. If it's toggled off, by default, you uh, it, like it, it requests that they do not track. Period. But it says the toggle underneath the toggle. It says allow apps to ask to track your activity across other companies' apps and websites. When this is off, all new app tracking requests are automatically denied. Apps that have asked for permission to track your activity with an identifier will appear here. Tracking activity is blocked by apps that you've denied access to. Sounds like a technical a implementation to me. That does sound learn, like a technical implementation. Yeah, there is a learn more link that that goes through a much longer description of things, and that. I would need some more time to dig into it too. Well, but yeah. So right, if it, if you if you read that at face value, to me, what that says is if I sideload an app, it should still fall under that policy. But ah. they are coming here and saying if it doesn't go through our app store, we can't do it. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Nonsense. I'd be curious to know why that would be, or if it's just the fact that they're they're you know 
uh, trying to enforce it through a developer policy or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, and, and that's probably it. Like, if because there's a toggle in the the settings of the phone, it means that in the app code somewhere it says check toggle. If toggle says no, then don't ask. Right. Well, something let, along those lines. And let me lines, let me right? read this verbatim. <clears throat> Downloading an app from outside the App Store would sub would wouldn't subject them to Apple's app tracking transparency policy, which lets users choose the kinds of data, if any, that apps are allowed to track. That's a, that's explicitly what it says from Apple. So I, I think it would, I think they it would destroy. To, they wouldn't have to respect on. the toggle. It would destroy the security <laughs> of the iPhone and a lot of the privacy initiatives that we've built into the App Store. So I think I think really what this boils down to is it goes back to this is a policy issue for them. This is this is one of those deals where they don't have the ability. If you're allowed to sideload an app in and that app would violate app tracking transparency rules. Yeah. They have no policy in place to be able to say, hey, guess what? You can't sell apps on the App Store anymore because of the fact that you're. I understand that part. I get that. But it shouldn't matter if you are the one preventing them through your technical. Which, by the way, is is most certainly doable. Like this, yeah. it, you can absolutely do this. We've, we, we've, we have done this for 20 years in Linux. <laughs> My God, this is crazy to me. And by the way, don't use those distros. You'll, you'll have a horrible time. But nonetheless, <laughs> it, like, it can be done. And Apple, of, with all of their ability to implement software, which they have to be one of the best in the freaking world to do it, they should be they should be able to do that. So that's that is my issue. And basically, what I'm saying is is Apple change this, like fix this, make it to where if someone sideloads yeah. something, it that right. it still falls under this because yep. it this is misleading. This is misleading to me. Um, it's and well, if it's misleading to me, it's but, misleading to users. But I think a lot of this is just grandstanding. They want to protect their their walled garden. And this is an easy way for them to throw just enough out there to confuse the average person and everyone in our Congress, because we have no faith in their ability to actually parse any of this from a technical perspective. And and they get to say, well, all that cool privacy stuff we did for you would be broken if we allowed sideloading. That's a BS response. We know that. We know that they could actually do this different and better, but it's not in their best interest to get to a point where sideloading is something that they have to respect. They just don't want people going outside of their marketplace, which is exactly yep. why this is in court. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I understand. I just I can't not see contradictions. I got and I either have to go or yeah. we have to shut this yeah. down because uh, I'm once no, again twelve I, minutes late to what I need to be doing. I yeah I know you're too late now. I had I wanted to ask you a question. We're gonna have to save it for Friday. But uh, that brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Thanks for joining us. Zook, pleasure having you on. I'm glad you participated because it's always more fun when you do. We hope everyone that was listening also had a good time. And thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for sharing with your friends. And we will talk to you Friday. Cheers. Bye. Later. See you.